0: It is really great to be with you this morning as um, I said earlier on I've come from a rise church and um, it's just a real privilege to be here at Life Central and even though I did say that you know I choose a rise uh, I want you guys to know that we are totally championing you and we are we are with you and uh, and we love Andy and again even though I chose Jess you know you've got to stick with your girls girls yeah we know that don't we we've got to champion our girls but uh, your youth pastor is amazing and if you haven't realized that yet then hear me this morning. He is amazing. And so you need to be following him and listening to what he has got to say because it is incredible. And uh, and I am very thankful for the influence that he has had on me and on my journey as a youth pastor so far. So yeah, a little bit about me as well. I um. I went on holiday a couple of weeks ago, right? And um, again, interesting that you talked about pale or tanned because naturally, I am a very, very pale person. For some reason, God did not bless me with a skin tone that tanned. So when I went on holiday a few weeks ago, I went to uh, to Greece and loads of my friends were saying, oh, you're going to come back with an amazing tan. You know, you're going to spend all day in the sun. And, and I kept saying to them, like, I am going to spend all day in the sun, as much time as I can, but I promise you that the colour I will come back is either going to be milk bottle white or potentially tomato red. Those are the two colours. There is, there is kind of no tanned medium there. There is either sunburned or very, very pale. But a miraculous thing happened when I was in Greece and I actually started to tan my skin decided to behave as it should, and it started to, to go like a little bit of a golden colour. And I started to be, I was a little bit proud of myself, not that I'd done anything to deserve that or achieve that myself. But I was like, oh, I'm feeling good about this. There's a couple of strap marks, I was thinking this is really good. So when I came home, I was feeling kind of good about this tan. And a couple of people commented, you know, looking like sun-kissed, looking great. But I went and went and met some of my friends and uh, I'd said to them, I've I've got a tan, I'm so excited. And uh, I went for a drink and and they walked in and they looked at me and they were like, I thought you had a tan. I was like, oh man, this is a tan. This is my tan. I was a bit gutted. And then another friend walked in and he was like, I'm more tan than you and I've been in England. It's like, oh my gosh, so, so my kind of confidence about my tan just suddenly disappeared and I was feeling a little bit deflated and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cover up, there's no point in trying to show off this tan anymore because it's just not there. But then do you know what, I went on holiday again last week, I don't go on holiday that often, I promise, just happened to go twice in a month, but um, because I'd already got a slight tan, I tanned a little bit more. So this time when I came back, people were like, oh my gosh, you've got a tan, I was like, yes. Now, I realise that probably right now you can't see it. I've been back for a week. It's gone. Okay? But I promise you it was there. But you know what? I was thinking about these words that people had said. When they, when they said, like, oh, great, tan, I was like, yes, awesome. I'm going to show off my tan. But when they were like, where's your tan? I was like, I'm going to cover it up and, you know, I'm going to kind of hide it away. I'm not feeling very confident about it. And it, it got me thinking about, you know, when people, when people encourage us, when they build us up, it, it gives you that confidence, doesn't it, to kind of show it off, to be a little bit open about it. But oh, sometimes when people say words to you, they can, they can make you really self-conscious and make you feel a bit negative about yourself. And what you're feeling really good about, suddenly you can be feeling a bit rubbish about. And I thought, you know what? That links quite nicely to what I want to talk about this morning, because I want to talk about the power of encouragement. Okay, So I want to read to you a, a story from the Bible in Acts And it's Acts 11, uh, 22 to 24 that I'm going to read. And it says, News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord." I love that this tells us that when Barnabas arrived, he encouraged them. It suggests that it was one of the first things that he did, that he said for them to remain true to the Lord, to keep chasing after what God was doing, to stick closely to him. So when he got there, he encouraged them straight away. And I think that that is so important because, as I said, we all love a bit of encouragement, don't we? We love it when someone says, hey, great job today. You did awesome. My they said you look great. You look awesome. That's a great hairstyle. That's a great dress. We love being encouraged. But the truth is that that kind of encouragement it's more like being paid a compliment. Now, that's important, and it's an important part of encouragement. I really believe that. But there is also more to this word, this concept of encouragement. And I think sometimes we can lose sight of what it really means to encourage or to be encouraged. I'm going to try and say a Greek word now, and I probably won't say it right. So if you can just bear with me and just go with what I'm trying to say, that would be great. But the Greek word for encourage is parakaleo. And that word appears 105 times in the New Testament. That's a lot of times, isn't it? 105 times. And so that tells me that, This concept of encouragement is really important into what the New Testament is trying to tell us, into what Jesus stands for and is all about. And so I think it's really important that that as a generation of young people, we understand what encouragement is all about and we start to put it into practice and to live it out. And so I want us to explore four things of what it means to encourage. Is that okay? Okay. Awesome. So let's kick off. To encourage is to put courage into someone. That is literally what the word means, put courage in. And so when you say something of encouragement to a person, you are actually making them feel braver. You are making them feel like they can conquer anything. You are allowing them to push past those fears, those insecurities that they might have, because you're saying, hey, I'm putting courage into you. I believe in you. And so for that person, they are able to push on because you are putting courage into them. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that speaks courage into people. That sounds so cool. And I want to be someone that has someone speak courage into me because I know from time to time, I could do with being a little bit more courageous And so for someone to believe in me, that is really cool. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You see, when people build us up, it feels great. It allows us to walk that little bit taller, hold our head high, exuberate confidence as we go about our day to day. We love to be built up. And so I really think that we need to be a people that, that build each other up and also that we build ourselves up because it's important not just for those around us but for ourselves that we speak words of, of positivity and affirmation over ourselves. My second point is to encourage is to see what others can't yet see. As I said, speaking, putting courage into someone that is showing someone that you believe in them I don't know whether anyone's ever said something to you that really encouraged you, that they believe in you, that they believe you're great, that they believe that you've got potential. And so actually, because of all of these things that can hold us back, these insecurities, these these fears, when people speak purpose and courage over us, we start to believe in ourselves a little bit more and we start to believe that we can be what they're saying and so actually, I think we need to be intentional about what we say about people, about what we speak over people. I don't know whether when you were younger, you heard the phrase, if you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And like, that's fair enough. But as Christians, we've kind of tweaked it a little bit. And, and instead we say, if you can't think of anything nice to say, think of something nice to say. Because the reality is, it's not that hard, is it, to think of something nice to say about someone? And actually, if it is, then maybe we need to switch our mindset a little bit because the Bible tells us that God loves every single person, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. The Bible tells us that he loves them. The Bible tells us that that their identity is in him, And so actually, there is good in them because their identity is in God. The Bible tells us that that God has got an incredible purpose for every single person. And so if we switch our mindset a little bit from what we see in people to what we believe and know that God sees in people, I think we'll struggle a little bit less to think of something nice to say. Because we know that God has got something nice to say, so we can start to say it. And so I really want to encourage you in that, to think of nice things to speak over each other. Maybe that's your friends, maybe that's family members, maybe that's teachers at school. You know, sometimes we can think that people can be encouraged all the time and feel confident, but you know what? Sometimes for a teacher or for an adult or for a friend, to hear that, that, that one little nugget of encouragement that day could, could change their whole day. And how incredible would it be if you've done that? You see, encouragement... Has this prophetic element to it? Notice that I said prophetic, not pathetic. Little story: one of my friends was a, she was a new Christian, and we went on mission together. And um, she was she was praying, and she had this word from God. And uh, and I said to her afterwards, I said, "Hey, Rach, you have definitely got a prophetic element to you." And for about two hours, she genuinely thought I'd called her pathetic. I mean, like, what kind of friend did she think I was, seriously? So I had to explain to her, no, 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 I didn't say pathetic. You are not pathetic. You are prophetic. And so to be encouraging, it has this this element of being prophetic because it's speaking into something that you can see in the future. It might not be right now, but it is something that you really believe can be and will be. When I was 14, I remember one of my youth leaders coming up to me and saying that he really felt God was saying, that he said to me, God's saying, you are key. Now, as a 14-year-old, I didn't feel very key to anything. You know, I was coming to youth with all this kind of baggage and all this stuff that I needed to chat through with my youth leaders. I was going through all this stuff. I didn't really feel like I was good at anything. So for someone to say, you know, you're key, I was like, really? Really? Like, are you sure? you sure God said that about me? But it it gave me this sense of, okay, so what does that mean? What does that look like? And for my youth leader, he wasn't just saying it as this, like, compliment of, like, oh, you're really important, you're really great, you know, you're going to go places. Because what he was saying to me is, you are key if you chase after God. You are key. You've got to stay obedient. You are key. So you've got to walk like it. You've got to talk like it. You've got to act like it. So he wasn't just paying me this compliment. He was giving me this, you've got to push into God if you want to be key, if you want to achieve, if you want to be able to be what God is saying that you can be. You see, when we encourage people, it's not just about paying them a compliment, but it is is encouraging them to push on and sometimes do the things that are a bit harder to do. And you know, 10 years later, that youth leader is now my senior pastor, Andy Aston, and I'm his youth pastor, and I'm on his leadership team helping him outwork the vision that God has given him for our area and our nation. And that is incredible. At 14, I had no idea that I was going to do that, that Andy was going to be our senior leader, neither of us did, but God did. And so God spoke to him that day and said, you know, you need to go and encourage Hannah to push on. Because we know that as teenagers, there are loads and loads of distractions that can keep us from focusing on God. That can keep us from chasing after him. That can keep us from from being obedient to what his word says. But that word of encouragement, it helped me to keep going in the way that God had planned. And how amazing is it that 10 years we can look back and see what God was doing. And I really believe that that can be true for every single one of you. Third point, to encourage is to get alongside someone. You see, we probably all know people that are going through stuff, that are going through situations or circumstances, and it is important that we can support those people, connect with those people and those circumstances. To encourage is all about coming alongside that person, putting an arm around them and saying, hey, I'm I'm here with you in this I'm going to journey this with you. I'm I'm with you and I'm not going to let you go. If we simply paid them a compliment or said something that they wanted to hear, actually, I think we're missing the point of true encouragement. Sometimes we have to say the difficult things to our friend or our family member who we're encouraging. Sometimes it's, it's not about saying what they want to hear. It's saying maybe something a bit challenging. Maybe something that's a little bit of a sore spot and it's calling that out but if we do it in love and we do it with grace and honor then actually that is what encouragement is all about it's all about saying I know that you're going through that but I'm going to work through it with you I know that you're struggling in that area but hey I'm here and we can talk about it we can journey it we can we can argue about it we can do whatever but I'm here with you you're not facing it on your own It says in Hebrews 10:25, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we can have friends that maybe decide, "I'm going to give church a miss this Sunday." And then before you know it, they've given church a miss next Sunday. Or or maybe they're just you know not coming to youth on a Friday. Or maybe they're just trying something that their friends are doing. Or, or maybe they're just going to start skiving school or, or, or anything like that. Because we know that things distract us, things grab our attention. But actually, as friends, it is our responsibility to come alongside them and say, Hey, I know that you're struggling with that, but I'm going to encourage you to keep at it. And I'm going to be here with you when we're doing it. So some days you might get it wrong or, or sometimes, you know, you might miss out. That's fine. But I'm here with you and I'm supporting you through it. Because otherwise, if we're not doing that, then they might disappear altogether. We, we might not see them at youth on a Friday or, or church on a Sunday. They might miss so much of school that they fall behind or they get themselves into trouble. And we don't want to be those friends that kind of let that happen, do we? So actually, being encouraging is all about coming alongside them and saying, I'm in this with you. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how tough it might get, I am going to keep encouraging you. Fourth point, to encourage is to call out. Similarly to this idea of being prophetic, calling something out in someone is all about what you see in that person and allowing them to to achieve it in God we know that God has got an amazing purpose for us and so as youth leaders or as friends or whoever we are if we see something in someone I want to encourage you to tell them like I love that we've got a young person on stage leading worship this morning and that is because someone has seen something in her and said yeah We're going to to grow that gift. We're going to explore that. We're going to allow that girl to grow in that gifting. That's a way of encouraging. Because if we don't give people opportunities, then they're never going to be able to reach their full potential. And so I want to encourage you, if you see something in someone, to call it out. And likewise, we might see things in people that maybe aren't that great. Like We all know, don't we, that we've got maybe a couple of things that we need to work on that we need to challenge, but it can be really hard to recognise it in ourselves. But actually, as friends, we can often see it in our friends and we have to work out whether we're going to say it or not because sometimes it can come across like we're being really horrible or we're being nasty. But the true spirit of encouragement is all about saying it in love and calling that out and saying we're going to work on that, we're going to journey that. It's allowing them to grow rather than to... To judge them for, for messing up or for not being that great at something. It's allowing them to get better than they already are. And so in line with that, a huge part of encouragement is the words that we choose to say. If we say words that seem negative, that seem judgmental, that seem condemnatory, then, then the way that's received is going to be quite difficult. But actually, if we say words with love and excitement and passion, then actually that person is going to feel encouraged. They're going to feel like they're being built up. The Bible tells us that we're accountable for every single word that we say. Like, that is a big deal, isn't it? So whether or not you're saying something as a bit of banter... Whether you're saying it to be, you know, just a little bit funny. Maybe it's a flippant comment. Maybe you're saying something that's of great depth and, and seriousness. Whatever you are speaking, we are accountable for it. And so actually, I want to encourage you to think about those words that you are saying. The Bible tells us that our words have the power to bring life or death. Like, that is huge, isn't it? Like, words that I say have power to bring life or death. It says in the message version, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. That's in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. How How full on does that sound? Like you either give poison or you give fruit. And that's our decision. Well, I don't know about you, but you're probably sitting there thinking, well, obviously I'm going to speak words of fruit. Like, who chooses to speak words of poison? Who chooses to speak that over someone? But actually, sometimes maybe we do it without even realising. Maybe we do it without knowing, you know, really what the consequences of what we're saying are going to be. Maybe we do it without truly understanding the power of the words that we, that we are saying. And you know what? We, we speak our words to, to different people, but actually, God hears all of them. And, and so when we, when we glorify God, but then gossip about our friends, that's, that's a, bit, it's a bit backwards. When we honour God, but then we hate people, those things don't align. And so actually, I want to encourage us to really think about those words and think about words of positivity that we can speak. It says in Proverbs 16, 24, Gracious words are like a honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body. It says in Proverbs 12:18 there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So I want to ask you this morning what are you saying? What are you speaking over people? What are you speaking over yourself? Are they words that are gonna bring healing, that are gonna bring sweetness, that are gonna bring growth within people? Or are they words that could bring destruction? Words that could bring pain or harm? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Are you speaking light or are you speaking darkness? Are you speaking hope or are you speaking fear? Are you speaking love or are you speaking hate? What are you speaking? There are so many different things that we can say. So it's important that we watch what we say to people and to ourselves. You know, when you say something, you give it an identity. You give it an identity that can that can take root in in your heart or in that person's heart that has received it maybe words have been spoken over you that that are negative and that have brought about pain and hurt and and discomfort and fear and god doesn't want you to live in a place where those words have taken root and are now holding you back. Because as I said earlier, God loves you and God has an amazing purpose for your life. And so if anything is holding you back from that, God wants to set you free. And God wants to bring breakthrough into that place where things are holding you back. Because they can, they they can be powerful, they can take hold of us. But God brings freedom And God speaks truth over us. If you don't know what God says about you, then you need to read the Bible and read what he says about you because God says so much about you. And it's so much more important and so much more powerful than what people will say about you. And so in a minute, I want to just read a few things that the Bible says over you. And I want you to, I want you to let those words wash over you and get spoken over you so that this morning if there are other things that have ever been spoken about over you that you say I don't want those anymore I want you to let these words replace those negative ones that have been spoken over you and then I'm going to pray and then we are going to carry on worshipping God because it is when we are in God's presence that he can really bring breakthrough and he can bring freedom and so I wonder if you, will you just stand with me, all of you? And like Jack said earlier, position yourself right now to hear from God, to have a moment with God that that is not about anyone else. It's not about who's sitting next to you or who's watching or any of that. It's just about you and Jesus. So if any negative words have been spoken over you, that have given you an identity, that have given you a a feeling of fear or insecurity. I want you to hear what God says. God says that you are a son or a daughter. God says you are chosen. You are purposed. Your identity is in him as a child of God. You are loved. You are precious. You are worth dying for. You are forgiven. You are victorious. You are his. Lord Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you so much that we are yours, that we are your children. And God, right now, I just want to pray for all of us here this morning Lord Jesus that for anything that has been spoken over us God God, that is not of you that is not what you would say that is not how you see us Lord will you bring freedom this morning will you break us free Lord from anything that is binding us will you break us free from anything that is holding us back Lord so that we can we can live the life that you have planned for us Lord a life of abundance a life of adventure the life of faith and freedom Jesus, will you set us free this morning? Will you move in our life in a powerful way, God? And will you help us to believe these words that you speak over us, God? We praise your name, Lord. Amen. Let's worship together.